Filmmaker Commentary, episode 31. Welcome to Filmmaker Commentary, where we give you insights from our favorite filmmaking commentaries. These commentaries can be heard on your DVD and Blu-rays of your favorite movies. We'll show you how you can use these commentaries and apply them to improve your video production and filmmaking techniques. All of this here on Filmmaker Commentary. I'm your host, Reginald Titus Jr. Welcome back to Filmmaker Commentary. I'm Reginald Titus Jr. I'm here with... Casey G. Smith. Welcome back, sir. Good to be back, sir. So today, we are going to talk about Spring Breakers, 2013, directed and written by Harmony Corinne. If you're unfamiliar with Filmmaker Commentary, it's your first time listening in. What we do is listen to DVDs, Blu-rays of our favorite uh movies we watch the commentary we watch the movie listen to the commentaries and then out of that we take out little nuggets that we pass on to you to help you with your filmmaker and video production needs we listen to these so you don't have to this movie came out what 2013 <laughs> it all right yes <laughs> okay. yes 2013 i just want to throw out there to our listeners that there will be spoilers yes indeed this was open March 15, 2013 through June 11, 2013. It's about 89 days, 12.7 weeks out there in, in theatrical land on a budget of $5 million. At mm-hmm. the box office, it pulled in $14 million domestically and $17.6 million foreign. Distributed by A24, which is like the cool distributor that everybody wants to be part of. I believe Lady Bird was uh, distributed by A24. They, uh, was it Moonlight that was A24 as well? Quite possibly a lot. A lot of the indie films, and really good indie films. Yeah, A twenty four is in the mix. I, I think all. Yeah, yeah, they're in the mix. It seems like they're like that new Miramax um, distributor and studio as well, because they kind of play in that smaller million dollar range of films, and they know how to like squeeze the money out. <laughs> they know how to squeeze the dollars out they because really this do. movie, Spring Breakers, made what it. 17 million foreign but you see for a lot of these films you know they try their best to just get what they can get domestically and a lot of times if they get that they're done with it unless it's a big big studio picture sure uh once they hit what they need to hit domestically then they'll just kind of trickle some stuff foreign here but they probably won't squeeze as much as they could out of it um, through foreign Uh, but you see if you know these boutiques like a24 they get the most they can get out of their films and really work it I find one thing really interesting about this particular mm-hmm. film, opening weekend, $263,000. They were only in three theaters. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> it was a limited release. Mm. So that first week it was limited, then they blew it out the following gotcha. week. Okay, that makes a whole lot. I was like, wow, that's a this thing had legs. For it to go on to <laughs> make as much as it did, it definitely had to have legs. But okay, a smaller release limited release to then a wider release makes a whole lot of sense i think they went like from like three um theaters to like a thousand and something like that following week um and then that first few those first four weeks or four to five weeks that's when they made the bulk of their money after that Mm -hmm. it was it was dead name of the game yes yes indeed quick synopsis of the film um, from visionary director Harmony Corinne comes a bold new vision of the seasonal American ritual known as Spring Break. The bacchanalia of bikinis, beach parties, and beer bongs that draw hordes of college students to the Florida coast and elsewhere each year. 
Brit, Faith, Candy, and Cotty are best friends, anxious to cut loose on their own spring break adventure, but they lack sufficient funds. After holding up a restaurant for quick cash, the girls head to the shore in a stolen car for what they discover is the party of a lifetime. They're thrown in jail, but quickly bailed out by Alien, a local rapper, drug pusher, and arms dealer who lures them into a criminal underbelly that's as lurid as it is liberating for a close-knit gang of girlfriends who are still figuring out their path. Spring Breakers. And you can keep this in or not. Yeah. That synopsis is slightly off. Is it really? Because it says that they go down to the coast in a stolen car. They, but they lit it on fire. Yeah, and they took a party bus down to the coast. You do have a point. We're going to leave that in. No. Because no. the synopsis is wrong. Nah. <laughs> we got you. Ha ha. We got you. I don't know. I wish I knew who I pulled this from. But uh, yeah, that is a little little thing a little different. They did set the mug on fire because even Harmony said something about that. Yeah. Yeah. They, it, Good actually, catch. it actually blew up. Yeah. They set it on fire. That would have been interesting if they drove. Because I would think, you know, if they were going to take that all the way down to Florida, then they're, they would have got put in jail a long time. Yeah, ago. they would have gotten caught. They would, yeah, armed robbery, yeah. They would have, been, they would have stayed locked up. <laughs> For real. <laughs> Was this your first time watching this film? Like, tell me about the whole situation here. Okay, this was not my first time watching the film. Mm-hmm. I saw it a, a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. It's hard to believe that this came out back in 2013. It doesn't seem like it was that long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but I saw this maybe maybe three, two, three years ago. Um, I, I, I finally decided to, to watch it. It might have been on Amazon Prime at the time. What made you, what made you want to go watch it? So I had heard about the film... And mixed reviews, like on podcasts through everybody. right, it's different. Yeah, different uh, sources that I that I, I listen to. Again, I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of, of Collider, mm-hmm. um, and so I'd heard reviews about it and different things, and it, it seemed unique in it just what I was seeing. Like not just like the it wasn't like the debauchery or things of that nature. Mm-hmm. It was it felt like, like, like something else was was going to be happening. Uh, within it and this like there was this kind of dark element to it and I'll be honest Franco's character looked interesting uh, Franco I think is, is a really good actor and he's a character actor and this was something unique so I kind of I wanted to see where he was going with this performance so I guess those would be the main things that kind of drew me in but yeah not my first time mm-hmm. and but I, I, I'll be honest I'd kind of forgotten a decent amount of the details. I remember right. how it how it ended for the most part. Uh, I thought for whatever reason I, I knew somebody got shot in the head, uh, and I knew that that alien didn't survive. But I was thinking that maybe one of the girls didn't either. But uh, that that what clearly wasn't the case. So it was cool to revisit it and to you know watch the scenes again and to look at it with uh, just a, a second take mm-hmm. uh, and then to to dive into the commentary. I'll be honest. I, this director, by name, when I saw the name, I assumed it was a woman. Sexist. I'm sorry. I just saw the name. I was like, Har- Harmony. You're not the only one in the I was world like, oh. that thought that. And then, well, then, yeah, when I finally played the commentary, I, just, I was like, wait a minute. What? I'm like, huh. Trickery. Interesting. So one of the thoughts that sticks with me in watching this time through is that how much things have changed. Now with like the with Me Too movement and Time's Up, uh, I don't know. I wonder how this film would would have been received if it came out now. 
just you know five years depends later it's, um whoever the new hottest person is right because you had selena gomez that was like she's breaking out at this time so like it gets the stamp of approval like it doesn't matter what the adults say it's like if you're like 17 going on 18 you're going to college like this movie is for you yeah i just i i don't know i just uh i wonder i, I really i really it wasn't wonder. the most favorable when it came out either that's true that's why i, I mean i mean all you the think more. it'll be worse yeah oh man i think man i think i think whew. why why you think so just the imagery of uh of the spring break and the and the girls oh the know. nudity part oh yeah and it's not nudity in and of itself mm-hmm. it's it's guys standing over girls with 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 oh, beer. I see what you holding, mean. Holding, you know, like 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 they're urinating on them. Mm-hmm. But yet they're they're holding can. Now, even though there are moments where things get flipped, the dynamics get flipped, and moments where you think the girls are in danger and the guys in control, and they flip that script, mm-hmm. which is cool. I don't know. I just I really wonder in today's climate, uh, in I the twenty eighteen lens, how if, this would be viewed because it made me look at it a little like oh, oh I wonder. Hmm. I didn't think about that. I wonder, um, under the studio system, maybe, possibly, especially if an older director was directing okay. that knows about that. It would take probably a younger director, but Harmony is one of those guys, even though he's older, he has just that young brain. He totally does. <laughs> yes. Um, he's just like dialed into what the youth, like kind of underbelly, what they're into. Like, we, that's his career. Well, he said he had been collecting this stuff for, for a while. And this is light <laughs> compared to... It's just what they're doing. Oh. You know what I mean? Like the frat guys and all. Oh, God. Yeah. I, I've witnessed like the, as a, as a free, you know, a freelance and I shoot video stuff. So I've had, I'm not going to name the, the university, course, but it's yeah. a well-known university, especially sure. here in DFW. Very expensive. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. And the crap that these people were doing would just baffle me. And I'm recording this on video. Like, right. They have no care in the world. But also, I remember being young like that. Like, tomorrow doesn't come. It's about today. You know, and just like the the energy full of, like, testosterone and estrogen. You ready to just express that? Uh, He was able to capture that. But this is light. (laughs) (laughs) In my opinion. So, question for you before you, you share your experience with the film. Yeah. As a as a a, a a college man yourself, yes. as am I, as uh, one who was also in a, in a fraternal order, mm-hmm. as was I. Did did you ever go to spring break somewhere? Did you did you do spring break ever? Did, um, my first year in university, not as a frat guy, but just as a freshman coming in to the university i went to hbcu uh called tech southern university i did a year out there and the biggest thing this is a while ago <laughs> the <laughs> start thinking about the years like dear god you're an old man <laughs> ask a young person in high school who old people are anybody that's not in high school that's who's old but uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> going much. back and looking at that but at any rate um the biggest thing was like it was called Kappa Beach Party. That was a thing that everybody in that area going to Houston, Galveston, Houston Beach Party. And I I could relate to these girls like just not not the whole robbing and doing all that stuff, but just like being broke and trying to figure out how to get there. Right. So we, we went out there, slept in the car, but we were there on the beach, you know, hanging out with the debauchery, all the debauchery. <laughs> So, so yes, I participated my first year in college. Um, but after that, it wasn't um, 
such a big deal after that. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, for me, my senior year of high school, me and some buddies, we went down to South Padre. Oh, God. How how we... Thank God I did not... I would probably be dead. If uh-huh. I was in high school going to that, I would be... Because I was so square, too. Uh-huh. Like, I would have... It would have been a mess. It don't work. Me and my friends, we were we were fairly square, too. Yeah. We just wanted to be in the... We just wanted to see what was going on. And, and how... <laughs> I don't know how we convinced between my parents and two of my buddies who they were juniors. Yeah. So they were 17. I was the only one who was 18. And then some wow. other kid tagged along that kind of invited himself. Which So as your uh, senior trip... Uh, no, it was, it was just us, you know, in Your my friend's year? car. It was my senior year. Uh-huh. And my other two buddies, it was their junior year. Right. And some other g- dude from high school that again invited himself. And we went down in my buddy's car. And again, somehow, I yep. don't know, I don't know how we, 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 uh, it's different times. Our parents just trusted us because we, we weren't <laughs> troublemakers. And we went down to South Padre. We even, we rented a, uh, we had a hotel room that we rented and, was MTV there? Was that where, where was uh, MTV doing their thing? Because I remember MTV had like their uh, like in the late nineties, early two yeah, thousands. They would they always have. Dude. They were in Florida. They uh, were in Daytona Florida. Be- I want to say Daytona Beach. Okay. Um, but that was like my first thing. And again, we didn't. I ran to somebody that I actually knew on the beach, mm-hmm. um, and that was just like we. I was like, "Hey, hey, what are you doing here?" And we just kind of chatted, but we didn't get in any. We didn't get debauchery. Bye bye. <laughs> but my junior year of college. Things change in a few Holy years. Holy smokes. Things me, change in a few years. Man, me Voice and, got a little deeper. Yeah, Mustache yeah, started man. showing up a little better. Yeah. <laughs> some real world experience. Man, we went we went down to Padre. <laughs> got some money. For spring break. Yeah, it was a group of us. Me and some of my fraternity brothers. And man, that was that was that was wild. Um <laughs> Where did y'all go? You said you went where? Uh so yeah, we went we went to Padre. Nice. Uh, yeah, we, we 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 carpooled down there and we had we had a we had a we had a, we had a decent little spot. We had like a Sweet, you know, multiple rooms overlooking the beach. Uh, it was, it was, it was, it was nice. Just was uh, awesome. the um, listeners, Casey smiled when he uh, <laughs> <laughs> smile rolled across his face when he thought about it. It was just a good time of, 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 of <laughs> we fellowship. Were, we were reading, good time of fellowship and, and <laughs> studying, hitting the books. There you go, staying diligent <laughs> so you could come back prepared for another semester of. Academics. Spring break. No. <laughs> forever. But like that that spring break is forever commemorated because while we were literally on the beach, me and a couple of my, my, my brothers, so my fraternity brothers, this photographer came by and there were a couple of, of co eds from another college and he was like, Hey, let me just take a picture of you of you guys. We we're like, Yeah, all right, cool. And so, you know, we're posing and the girls are, are standing in front of us. Um, and then the next day, we're, we're, we're leaving our place to go and get some sushi. And we walk by the little newspaper dispensers. And right there on the front cover, it's us. What? Yeah, on their local little <laughs> South Padre whatever. What? And it's got like our, our names there. We're like, dude, that's us. So we grabbed a couple of copies and we you know, took them back to, to school. I'm like, What? So yeah, that's cool. Spring break. <laughs> so when did you first see Spring Breakers? <laughs> um, uh, this had been a couple years ago, maybe a year and a half ago. And the reason I was looking for commentaries, and then I look on the back of Spring Breakers, and I was like, "How many Corinne did this?" And 
I was like, I gotta get. This. I didn't know he directed this. Mm. Um, Harmony Korine, you know, did Kids, like just a notorious film. He did Kids. He did Kids. Can you see the resemblance? Uh, explains a heck of a lot. Okay, <laughs> okay, that's context. All right. So wow. this is nothing new to Harmony, and like he does films. There's another one called Gummo. Which is my wife's worst movie ever made, in her opinion. Mm. <laughs> she hates it. Gummo. Gummo. Did you ever see the movie Belly? Hype Williams, DMX, Nas. I remember hearing about it. I never DMX. saw it. Because oh, oh. they're, they're like, I always see the, the cover like in white suits. Yeah. So Belly was um, directed by Hype Williams, who was like the, the most famous mm-hmm. music video director of the late Williams. 90s and early. So this was his first feature film. Every scene looks like a music video. It's beautiful. Hmm. But anyhow, there's a scene in there where uh, DMX is, uh, he's at his um, his mansion. I think he's talking to Nas. And on the TV screens is like the, is these, <laughs> these two little white kids with these bunny things on the head, like just talking crazy, like cussing and just like, like what the heck is this? And Nas is like, man, what the hell is this on the screen? Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's some ill, there's some ill stuff, there's some ill stuff. <laughs> But it turns out that that movie was called Gummo, directed by Harmony Quinn, mm. Corin. Uh, but anyhow, I was like, I got to check that out just because it was on there, you know, and uh, another director kind of respecting another director's work or whatever the case may be, how it sure. got there. I was like, let me go check and see what this is about. It's a mess, but <laughs> it's a mess. But uh, back to this. Um, but I checked it out with different lens because I remember when it came out in 2012, 13, that uh on the radio they were always talking about it on the pop station out here in dallas because mm-hmm. of selena gomez so they were always just talking about it and the way it was marketing stuff i just it wasn't really appealing to me i'm like yeah whatever right. just kind of moving on with like just didn't really appeal to me but then when i started looking a little bit more into it you know about a year and a half ago and looking at james franco character i was like oh he's he stole that character he stole that from riffraff so it's a white actor that looks just like how James Franco is. And, like, he's this guy for real, like, all day, every day. I don't know if it's a character or whatever, but the name of the rap character is called Riff Raff. And that's automatically who I thought of when I saw James Franco's character. Really? Yeah. Riff Raff's been around for a while. But anyhow, watched it then, and uh, me and my wife, we kind of liked it. It was it was decent. I liked the way, like, the imagery and the way he, uh, the cinematographer was able to pull things out and... And things like that, but it is beautifully shot. Yeah, shot on film. baby. Yeah, man. So I really appreciate the aesthetics of the film. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. I would to- totally agree. The yeah. colors, yeah, the colors and the lighting, it really stands out. Even even the way that it's edited together. True. True. Yeah, definitely good work on that. The commentary. What did you think about like the actual commentary? I I felt like it was done. Be- it was beautifully narrated. <laughs> But he was like dialed in, you know what I mean? Like like a writer and director, I feel like any writer director will be just dialed into their film. I'm always curious. And he opened it up. He was like, hello, welcome to the commentary. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He absolutely did. And I'm I'm always curious when the commentary is recorded. Yeah. This almost, there was something he said that almost made me think that he recorded this commentary maybe even before the film was released. Oh, um, Okay. What did he say? Uh, he, 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 he made a, a reference that almost seemed like they're waiting to see how it's going to turn out or something, being hopeful about how audiences respond to it or something along those lines. And I don't, it may have been in the middle of 
the commentary may have been towards the end, but there was something that he said that made me think that. I could be totally wrong, but I'm always interested as far as when a commentary is recorded. Not that it really, really matters on this, but it I is think it might. well done. I think it will, it will definitely change the mindset of a person. Yeah. You know, if your thing is just tanking and you have to mm. record a commentary... I think Spike Lee on one of his films, like it, it didn't do well, and like he had to record it, but you couldn't tell. He's a professional; you couldn't really tell. But I think for m- a majority of people, they're not going to be as excited as they were right before it dropped. You know, you're excited because it's edited, it's locked, it's beautiful from the beginning to end. There's nothing else to change. It's locked in, we're ready to rock. Let's record this. <laughs> you know, or you know, and then you drop it, uh, and then you got to do all the press stuff and mm-hmm. all. You know, get do those runs so that takes a lot of energy i don't know i think that's important you know when it's recorded especially sometimes they come back with retrospect like like what we saw with with coppola mm-hmm. uh during bram stoker's dracula um <laughs> remembering things wrong like it's <laughs> yeah yeah time uh time is interesting uh interesting thing but yeah i felt like this was recorded fairly recently after the you know the pick was 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 locked in place but Mm -hmm. i I did enjoy his his energy his insights his honesty yeah Uh, because again this is really my what i thought was my first experience with uh with harmony (laughs) right um but yeah i i I appreciate his artistry and his perspective and there's something in particular that he said um that's that reminded me of coppola when he he mentioned you know making films that that again that that stand out uh stand out from all the other noise yeah that's out there and i was like oh, it kind of sounds like coppola when you know he, he talks like that uh but he seems like he obviously not afraid to take risks and stay true to his vision and he he talks about things in the commentary that are both personal and technical and mm-hmm. and production related yeah and, and even how some of the scenes were shot which i know we're going to jump into but yeah i i, I enjoyed the commentary kept me engaged um, the um, I guess like the style. Who just uh, the style to me comes off as like it's surrealism mixed with a little bit of realism because like the documentary style that he kind of shoots with. Because it definitely is a documentary style. So feel. he so it feels like like this is happening, but then it's stylized because of how they're shooting it. So I don't know what to call that, but he kind of finds a way to blend it. He does. He 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 really does. Because these moments that. Again, that don't feel real or, or feel like a like a dream. Like he, he talks he he talks about in some of, I think some of the behind the scenes. I don't know if you had a chance to see any any of those. Um, there's a three part documentary that kind of talks about the making of the of the film, and he talks about the film not being married to any one particular style, and him not wanting the viewer to feel comfortable the whole at, at, at all. Really, he doesn't want the viewer to to to, to, to ever feel just comfortable. So he blends styles, and he he wanted it to be uh, like this 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 fusion uh, to almost be like a he mentions almost to be like almost like a like a drug you know to feel like like almost like a, a drug inducing experience at times mm-hmm. um, and yeah with the way that things shift. So watch this movie when you're taking drugs. Is that what he's saying? No, he's saying this could maybe be taken in place of watching this in in, in place of oh. and let it be that kind of experience. Oh, yeah. If I wasn't clear, sorry about that. No, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> themes. Uh, some of the themes that I got from this is um, like self discovery, power, freedom, celebration of youth, 
um, kind of putting an eye on the American spring break culture and like what it represents? What are some of the things you were able to kind of pull from this? I see themes of discovery. You know, this is a coming of age, mm-hmm. you know, coming of age uh, film. And I always find it interesting when you have films with groups of friends. And if you have one person who kind of is the, the, the conscience, conscience of the group, mm-hmm. what happens when they are either corrupted or removed? You know, what happens then with the others? Like what, what level they go to next? And we clearly see that. It kind of reminds me a little bit of, of, of uh, the five heartbeats. You know, there's, <laughs> there's a specific turning point in that film when things begin to go south. Um, but in, in this, there's a pretty specific turning point where things change. We see the seeds planting who uh, Britt and Candy are. But yeah, so the discovery. And then they talk about, oh, we we feel like we've we found out who we who we are. Um, seduction also, because there's seduction happening with just people being lured to to the location. There's there's a seduction of of, of Spring Break itself. There's the the, the seduction of of the of the drugs of the parties there's that that seduction in and of itself there's a seduction of violence throughout and there's you know the 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 natural seduction of of obviously the all the the sex that's taking place everywhere and to let go of all the inhibitions but also within the the the, the group itself especially once alien is introduced uh between the the love triangle of of, of candy bread and alien you know, he's seducing the, the, all the girls after bailing them out, but then also later on, then they're seducing him and kind of almost flipping the script, and it becomes something something more. Um, so yeah, yeah, my soulmates for real. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so those are those are some of the um, themes, and like um, the foreshadowing. And mm. Oh yeah, I like the way you like implement uh, a scene that's later on in the movie, like early on. I was like, man, what is that? It just popped out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I like, I like it. That's why again, it feels again surreal. Mm-hmm. There's these moments you're like, wait, what? Where? Where? Where are we? We, we just went head for for a moment, and then let me get brought back. And I think that editing style is like perfect for this generation. You know, growing mm-hmm. up on MTV because I remember at one point. The quick cutting style was like the thing, mm-hmm. like cutting like every five seconds, three seconds, like just so fast. If you see the movie Gamer, the movie Gamer with Gerard uh, Butler. Yeah. Oh, man. It'll make you dizzy how quick they cut throughout that really? whole thing. It's bad. Um, this is, It's a good it's OK movie, but it's just horrible to look at because of how much they're editing like that. Mm. Um, but it, um, our generation is kind of used to that. But I think now. When you're editing like that, you kind of have to do it with a purpose now because your your brain can kind of process. Because we've been trained on that way of editing. Now, when you put in these cuts in quickly, our brain can actually pick it up, process it, and see what's going on. Uh, so you got to be a little bit smarter when you're cutting quickly, not just doing it just because. Yeah, with a, with a purpose. Everything everything with with purpose, mm-hmm. and it, you know it's done clearly to serve the story, and clearly in, in a form to 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 foreshadow. Yeah, buddy. All right, so here's a couple of points that I pulled away that you could use for your filmmaking purposes. So, as you alluded to earlier, um, uh, Harmony used some of his photography that he collected over years of just spring break. I don't know if he was just collecting it just to be collecting it or if he was specifically doing research for the film. 
but he was using those images and maybe something that you can look if you're um, a director or a dp is start collecting images shooting images and start looking at um photography lookbooks to kind of help develop your eye for where your world is going to take place because literally taking images that he saw real life people doing and just making just reenacting the crap that they did because it's not like he's just creating this stuff this stuff's happened to some of these people in real life so just bringing it out to it's a good way to collect visuals yes it is and he actually used uh those things he was he was collecting the spring break footage um, for art purposes and he would he said that the sexuality and the violence combined with the different colors and, and the kegs it all seemed to kind of look sculptural to mm-hmm. him at times and he even mentions with the shots of the, of the girls doing the handstands with their, with their kind of legs in the air oh, and, yeah. and the shadows that are at work that it's, it sees it as kind of sculptural so yeah he was he was actually making different kinds of art from it and then the opportunity came along to, to, to make a film attention grab grab the attention of your viewers because in this film there's a lot going on but you still have to develop these people and you don't want to start out the film seeing them just bored in college and so you know it starts out with a little some music what is it like is it not even music that's coming into the title sequence like it's like kind of showing the spring break neon light and I think it's quiet. I don't remember what was playing, but it was real low. And then out of nowhere, you're just hitting the head with the Skrillex soundtrack. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're on the beach of the spring break. Like, what the heck is this? Just hit over the head with it. So that In your face. In your face. Shot on the beaches of Florida. You got you know strippers and all of that stuff. Shot in slow motion, uh, high speed, a lot of activity. And then you cut back to the college and it's boring. Juxtapose. Yeah. So learn how to, to grab the attention of the viewer because you, you hook them, you know, after that. You got them for a while. At that moment, it's almost like the, the film is telling you, hey, this is what it is. So if you're going to turn away, now is your chance. Right. You know, but this is going to be a ride. I like the way that here, here's another point is that you can kind of express um, on the world by how the lights are designing the world. So, you know, he, he's using these lights, these neon looking lights to tell his story. And he said it's p- uh, performance culture. And also that's like a culture of surface. That means it's the way that things look and the way things feel. That's what this world is about. Mm-hmm. You know, and we you know listen to the alien character and talking about this is my money. This is what I got. You know, that's like his like mantra for life, you know, just getting more and more money, big booty women. And that's what it is. And being a gangster. It is. And uh, Harmony talks about, again, with the lighting, he mentioned uh, candy colors for a hyper extreme culture. So we see yeah. a lot of reds, blues, pinks, neon that is used mm-hmm. throughout throughout the film. It stands out. You know? Big time. I, I love it. It looks like a music video a lot. I don't know if he said it on the commentary or what, but I remember hearing this. He was like, does make it look like you shot it with Skittles? Oh, wow. <laughs> well, yeah. That absolutely did. Him and his uh, cinematographer, Benoit wow. Debbie, they did exactly that. I mean, the colors really do pop. It, it, it is it, an aesthetically pleasing film. Just True. with the colors, it's like, wow. It's uh. In light of all that's taking place, it, it's uh, yeah, it's quite, quite beautiful. 
kind of moving on. It feels like a movie, you know, it, uh, the texture of it feels like a movie. One of the things, he shot 35mm, so he shot it on film. A lot of people, they're shooting on digital, you know, trying to emulate film, whereas these airy cameras or these red cameras, they're trying their best to emulate what film looks like. But when you shoot on film, I just I feel like you can't really replicate that texture that feeling and then he shot an anamorphic as well which also gives you just that next level or you can bring more wide of the wide you can bring that into the shot whereas if it wasn't anamorphic you'll lose some of the uh, image on the edges beautifully done so i it's one of the things i still want to shoot film mm. i wanted i want to take a crack at it before it just goes away it will happen it yes. will happen <laughs> with within that um feel of the of the movie feeling like a film the way that it's edited, you know, the fact that he uses these micro scenes and mm-hmm. he talks about it having this, this liquid narrative and that it's impressionistic and hypnotic mm-hmm. uh, are some of the uh, words he used to to describe the film and the, 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 the feel of it. I like it. A lot of attention brought into it. it you don't get bored watching it. No. And it goes... It, it goes by pretty quick because, like you know, I I watched it and listened to the commentary back to back today. Wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know, I, I do the one point five on the commentary, right. so that that That's made right. that really made it flow. I need to remember to do that. It works, man. It really because I started I started watching the film at about four o'clock, and I was finished with the film and the commentary by the time I sent you that that text. I had already. Finished, finished both, both, both passes through. I may have even started at five. Maybe it was closer to five. Well, David Fincher, you'll never get away. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But yeah, that one point five uh, helps out. But I, I was like, oh, I got through, and I was like, oh, that was quicker than I thought it would be. And I was like, all right, let's 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 go through the commentary, and then boom, one point five didn't just boom, 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 and yeah, it moved. It really did move. I'm like, wow, this is. So it's a shorter film, but I'm like, well, I am, you know, have it going quicker. But it's, yeah, it, it, it moves. Like, there's no mm-hmm. real dead dead spots. The only, for me, the only kind of lull, the piece I could do without is is when he's at the piano singing the Britney Spears song. Yeah, like the even, Britney though, Spears even though it has meaning to it, I just, that, that part kind of takes me, t- took me out of the film took a you little out of bit. It. Yeah, but listen to the commentary. I understand why. It's an intermission. It. Yeah, I understand why he did it, but. Why um, did he do that? He said he did the the scene with the Britney Spears song to kind of pay an homage, and that there's something about the song, the lyrics of the song itself that kind of has this haunting vibe. Was to that it. the "Hit Me Baby One More Time" song? No, or? this no. was some other some other song that I wasn't familiar with by by Britney. Um, but yeah, somehow when when they're when they're singing that song, there's something within the lyrics that's kind of darker. And wow. it's kind of and, and while they're doing that, of course, they have their the mask on, and they're, and they're holding the guns, and they're dancing around, and so it's like that. It is creepy. That combination of the, again, the 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 constant kind of flipping of you go from violence to to sensuality, you know, that happens quite a bit. It'll be like a violent scene, and the next thing you know, it's like there's sex happening, you know, or something sensual happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, it happens after um, their other friend gets shot. Cotty. Uh, Once Cotty gets shot and gets on the bus and leaves, literally that same night, uh, Candy and Brett are, are are in the pool having a three way with with Alien. You know, so it's like, okay, are they really sad? Are they really broken up about it? Nah. They just had something super violent, but they're all turned on. You know, <laughs> it's so yeah, it's kind of that. Yeah, so that song somehow kind of encapsulated that. Wow, Harmony Corinne is married to that character, Cotty, by the way. 
What? Say what? Say what? <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, it does say that. Right. Her name is Rachel Corinne. What do you know? What do you know? How long, how long have they been married? That I don't know. <laughs> because she looks young. Anyway, okay. All right. Moving right along. She is young. Yeah. And well, he's older. Okay. Facts. Facts. Anything is possible. In a little world bit of pure imagination. <laughs> See, I, when I saw her name, I was like, I thought maybe there was some kind of relation or whatever. But um, <laughs> but you never thought of that relation. <laughs> didn't, I didn't take it there. <laughs> I'm like, oh. Might be, it might be his cousin. First cousin, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, that, yeah. That's his niece. It's kind of weird, though. Maybe. But. Oh, I thought maybe like younger sister. Mm-hmm. But even then, like, it, I don't know. That that would be just, I don't know, seem weird. Because there's a scene where she's in the shower and she's, you know, n- nude or whatever. But I guess I guess if you're directing, you're directing. You just get over those things. But, yeah. <laughs> it's still weird. I know, um, was it Spike Lee and his, did his sister have any nude scenes in his movies I don't remember but it was like kind of weird uh, I have to come back to that um, I think there's a theme of kind of speaking to the the culture about how they've been raised you mentioned the aspect of the performance culture he uh, he had mentioned that you know these girls have been girls who were raised on video games and watching Kimbo Slice yeah Kimbo Vids. Slice Did you have you seen those videos before those out, outside Mm-mm. um but are you familiar with like Kimbo Slice before he became a popular dude? I mean, not before, but you know, are you familiar with Kimbo Slice? I'm, I've seen him. I know, I know who uh-huh. he is. I've seen him. He's got you know the the beard and all that. He's a, he's a big dude. He's a, I know he's a fighter. So uh, I got introduced to him because somebody I know was looking at these videos, his fight videos. I'm like, why are you watching this stuff? You're not mm-hmm. even like a martial artist or anything. And these guys were like just going in the backyard and like bare knuckle beating the crap out of each other. Right. But Kimbo Slice is this big old black dude with this weird haircut and got the beard, got the gold, real swollen, just very yeah. intimidating, you know, just from appearances. Yeah. And he's just beating the crap out of people and like making grown men like, I quit, I quit. In that exact video they were looking at, like, I quit, I quit. Uh, but you know, of course, we know the story. Went to UFC and got beat up. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that yeah. that much I do remember. I'm like, oh, this guy's supposed to be a big deal. I'm like, oh, yeah. He had a lot of hype around him because of the streets. You know, the street fight, street stuff. cred. Yeah, got the street cred. That's what got him in. It's kind of yeah. interesting. You only take you so far sometimes, I guess. There's a famous video of him punching. What's the day? Is it David Bland, the magician? Mm, Blaine. David Blaine. David Blaine. Is that what it, David Blaine? Mm. So he punches David Blaine with full might into his stomach. Oh, that's an old Houdini. That's an old Houdini Dude. trick. See, I just punched me in my stomach. And then you can just see, like, Kimbo, like, getting the rhythm, wind up, and then boom. People are like, ah! I was like, this, die. this guy's going to die. Did, did, what, what was Blaine's reaction? Did he, he fall? Like, did he stumble? He, yeah, he just went back. You know, just, like, rocked him back. And then Kimbo's like, I would never do that. This guy's crazy. Well, you know that's something that Houdini used to do. Yeah, yeah. He would he would go around and, 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 and have people punch him in the stomach as hard as they could. And he would he would he would be able to take it. And people thought that was an amazing thing. But he didn't realize that he was actually if I'm not mistaken, he was actually causing like internal damage within his <laughs> Bleeding body. Bleeding internally. Yeah. And potentially maybe part of the reason why he died, if I if I remember this correct, I read this a long time ago when I was a kid, but when he did his the water torture chamber trick part of the reason why maybe he wasn't able to to escape or hold his breath as long is because some of the, the damage from those punches he had taken over the years to the Dang. stomach anyway but yeah. 
Yeah, so Tangent. these girls. Tangents. So these girls being raised on Kimbo Slice videos <laughs> and video games and watching My Little Pony. Uh, that yeah, it, this would be a performance culture. How they see partying and drinking is a performance, you know. And he talks about like porn being seen as romance because it's mm-hmm. a scene where one of the girls is kissing one of the guys, and it's not even like a normal kiss. It's like this really oh, open yeah. mouth thing. And he was like, "That's like, like a, that's, yeah." So that's kind of a kiss you would learn from watching porn. Very different. Again, there is a surrealism to it. Like, like you're imitating. Mm-hmm. You're just imitating what you've seeing what you believe life to be is imitation of what, what's come through on the on the screen. And you said there's a very fine line, a very fine line between watching something and then going and doing it. And I think and I think that wow. line is being blurred more and more That's with true. with the access to so much content when you you know hear about stuff like this, like the bowling water challenge and, and kids oh. freaking throwing bowling water. If you're listening, don't throw boiling water on someone. Ever, oh. ever. There was this kid on the news who literally his friend threw boiling water on him, and he said he 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 woke up to his chest oh. flesh on his chest melting oh. off. You know, it just oh, oh man, what makes you know? Yeah, yeah. And so like this, this I feel this, so this bad for them, man. Yeah, man. So there's this fine line between those things. Um, you know, and even again, like with. Yeah, all kinds of stuff that people are seeing. I got to talk to my kids every day. I'm like, look. Because you never know what they've seen, right? You never know what they have seen or what another kid might have shown them, especially if they've got a a phone at at a young age. I mean, that right there, that is a a game changer. You never know what they might have seen. That was me in either side. Like, for the rest of your life, you feel badly, you know, that you've done this to your person, your brother, your sister, your whoever. You would hope. You would hope. Yeah. You you would you would hope they would feel badly. But some but sometimes you, you, you wonder about the the empathy yeah. of well no, I'm not gonna say that. I'm not gonna say I wonder about the empathy because there are a lot of these young people today are standing for different causes. Oh yeah, big you know? time. Um big time. It's sometimes in an audience in an audience setting and I was discussing this with some colleagues, sometimes you can see a, a lack of reaction at certain things and sometimes I wonder that's because Maybe they've been used to try to sit in class and maybe hide your phone and you're you're watching something or playing something. You've had to keep your emotions in check. Yeah, and if you saw something funny, you couldn't ah oh, you couldn't laugh because then the teacher would know that you're oh you're looking at something on your phone or you're playing a game or whatever. And so we were talking about that. I'm like, you know what? That's a, an interesting thing. But but yeah, the fine line between watching something and then doing it. I remember MTV did a study on that, and this was like late '90s, maybe. And what they did was they would just get a camera and just go in the street and just, or like with young people and just have a camera there. And then you automatically see the kids start performing for the camera. Mm-hmm. Like they'll just start doing like, like you've seen like the, the spring break videos from back in the day, like the girls pulling off their tops girls and stuff wild. like girls going to wild. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So just by putting a camera in front of these people, mm-hmm. they start doing that stuff. And because they, for whatever reason, it's programming the brain to start performing for the camera. Well, you, you sit with kids. Yeah. There are kids who know. You put a camera on certain kids, and they will start hamming it up or, yeah. or performing. Or some will, you know, shy away, but a lot will perform. And then when you when you take that mindset, and then you you have just everyday people like what we have so much with things that are being produced. Everyday people are putting up content. So when they sure. do something, all the more someone's like, "Oh, that's not a trained actor. That's just a regular person. If they can do it, I can do it." Yeah. And so that uh, that that temptation to emulate 
is the the barrier has uh, to entry has lowered because you you think this is a normal person who's who's doing it. So, oh, they did it. Yeah, why can't I do? It? Hey, if they drank that boiling water with no ill effects, why can't I? It's not about movie magic or any mystery. These are just real people doing real things. So you say, hey, why not me? Yikes! Um, all right, back to it. Um, uh, one thing I did notice is during his transitions, when he's transitioning from one scene to another, he would use like a gun click. I was like, what? He used the word for a foreboding. Mm. I'm like, all right, okay. <laughs> Dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> so anyhow, uh, finding just find new ways to make transitions unique because he used a gun click so mm-hmm. you know he's foreshadowing some of these things because it was early on when he was doing these you know these clicks and then later on he would use like actual gunshot so it's interesting because it's, it's almost yeah like it like it's, it's the preparation of things escalating mm-hmm. you know you you go from you know load loading it and, and locking it in the chamber and then now you're releasing and these these girls go from uh, initially, they're going from hey shooting vodka or, or whiskey mm-hmm. out of a squirt gun in, into into their own mouth, or just using their fingers to emulate you know shooting each other out of out of boredom or frustration or whatever form of expression to knocking off a store with said said gun and a hammer to you know now going and robbing people with with live guns to going on a murder spree basically. True. At the end, mass murder. Yeah, murder. Just treat it like a video game. Yeah. Like, yikes. Gotta be strong. Don't be afraid of nothing. He brought in the girls early on to hang out with each other for a few weeks uh, before shooting in order to get each other's rhythms down, the nuances and how they're talking so that it can feel like they're friends, you know, when you meet them for the first time. And I believe since they were hanging out for the first time, when they come into... Now, were they hanging out with Selena Gomez, or was that their first time actually acting with Selena Gomez, but they've already been hanging out? I don't know. They'd already been hanging out, but that's the first scene they shot with him together was when they went to okay. go wake her up. Got it. You know, use that tip, you know, to, and we talk about rehearsing and being able to have that kind of time. You know, if you have a budget, at least block out something so you're, the people that are going to be spending the most time with each other can kind of develop some kind of relationship if it's dependent on that. You know, people, it has to be convincing that they're friends. Totally agree. And, and it, it, it comes across, you know, that, like they're pretty tight. And, and mm-hmm. yet that the dynamic with, with Faith's character is, you know, they, they, they care for her. But, you know, they're not all on the same page, obviously, as far as, you know, their, their core beliefs and how they how they live. And they even kind of roll their eyes a little bit you know, when they're in the pool and, and she's talking about her, how she feels about spring break and how things should be. And they're like, yeah. oh, OK, it's a little, little cheesy. <laughs> but, you know, I think they, they, they kind of they see her as the kind of naive mm-hmm. little sister of the of the group. And it's it's really you know, the first time I saw this, I knew they were in college, but when I see her character I don't she, she looks this, 12. Yeah. She just looks so young. She and does. and and because her character is extra naive and innocent, she seems yeah, she seems like she's in in, in high school. She doesn't she doesn't seem like a college student. Mm-hmm. Like just I mean, I don't know. There's being na- naive and innocent and but I don't know there's something about it that doesn't feel like. How old was Lena when she did this? I'm assuming she's at least Okay. 18, 19. I don't, I don't remember. I just just asking. Yeah, I'm. I'm Cause she looks young. Yeah, she's she just got she's young, Rocky. Yeah, she's got that face. She's just yeah, she's just young looking. But yeah, but I mean, there's people that are young looking, but it look worldly. 
Yeah. <laughs> she didn't look worldly. Yeah. She pulled it off. Yeah, I think there's also a way about how they how they did her 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 hair and makeup also. Mm-hmm. They they also they could have made her look a little older. Yeah, they kept her looking just younger. I guess all to add to that that innocence yeah. um about her like almost like when you she looks out of place almost you like she is you shouldn't be here they we talked about like you know the stalkers they were stalking selena gomez and all them and how they have these long lenses and they're climbing up the trees taking pictures of them harmony gave her some direction he was like you know you're gonna have to use that energy how you feel to use it for the scene so whatever however they're making you feel like you know flipping that and using that in in the scene in your dialogue Mm-hmm. He even told her that um, look, they're the with the images that they're capturing. They're they're making the movie look however they want it to look. But then there is the actual film that we're making here, and you know what we're making here, and mm-hmm. just you know stay focused on that. And she talked about in behind the scenes how <laughs> she had to that her her fan base they knew that she was branching out and, and going for this, and she so she knew they would support her, but she also wanted to make sure she looked out for her younger viewers and, and the parents of the younger viewers. And she was like telling them, uh, "I know you support me, but." Uh, you don't want to take them, you know. You're not gonna want. Probably I'm not. Glad probably you, not. Not gonna want to take them. I'm glad you did that because I remember when Miley Cyrus, when she flipped the script, it, like people were like bringing their daughters to her concert to watch. She's like twerking and doing all this stuff and wrecking, punching and like what happened? Like <laughs> no warning. You didn't like see, you didn't see the like I was music videos. I was I was working. I didn't know. I just wanted to, I wanted her to see Hannah Montana. This ain't Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> she shot Hannah Montana in <laughs> cold blood. <laughs> but uh, that was a character. This is, but also I think it's one of these things where these, especially for these child actors, as they go into you know not only through mature pu- puberty and then into you know early adulthood and then through their college years. I mean, man, could you imagine being under that kind of, uh, you know, having paparazzi, having people with cameras follow you around in your early college years, in your 18, 19, 20, early 20s? It'll make it crazy. You'll turn to Justin Bieber. Yeah, uh, potentially. You know, it, it, I, I can only imagine. You know, you're, you're trying to... It's not meant to be. People you're, are you're not to be to worshipped like that. It's uh, yeah. it's not normal. Yeah, all, all your mistakes and screw-ups just get amplified. You know, you saying the wrong thing. How many, come on, how many young people say the Everybody wrong thing? Everybody would be fired if the things that we said, mm. thought, or done were public. Fired. Unhirable. Yeah, and their <laughs> stuff gets put on this permanent record. Yeah. You know, for as hard as they, they, they work. But also, man, the stuff they have access to uh, as well. That money. Yeah, man. You can all do kinds whatever of stuff. you want. Do yeah. whatever you want. But still held to the court of public opinion. So another one. I like the, how he used phone the phone calls, the women, uh, the young ladies, young women dialing home to their parents or grandmother or mom and kind of explaining like what they're experiencing and how he used those phone calls as narration. So while that's playing in the background, cutting to the girls, cutting to people having fun. And like he's saying that like they their characters are actually believing what they're saying, even though that's what I was like thinking they're full of crap. But it's uh, they might. That's just who they are. They really believe the crap they're saying. You know, with 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 Faith's character, I believe that. Yeah. With Candy and Britt, I don't know that I buy that. I'm just being when I, when I heard Harmony say that, I'm like, I don't think so. I don't I, at the, at the end, especially at the end as they're getting set to go on the murder spree. Yeah. I'm like, mm, I I think that they are potentially aware of their mortality and that they could die. Mm-hmm. Um, 
when they say like I want to be normal, like when they say I want to be normal, I'm gonna go stuff. back to school and I'm just yeah. gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do better and I'm gonna be good. And I, I realize that now. Brit says like I, I realize now that the the way to live a good life is to be a good person. <laughs> like you better go on a murder spree. <laughs> the heck are you talking about? Like, and you probably aren't going back to school. You're gonna be. I don't know. You're gonna be something else. But so yeah. So I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't buy what they're saying. I think that they're kind of calling in to check in, and I think that there's a moment of vulnerability because they might die, and if they do, the last thing they want to leave their 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 parents with are good thoughts of mean. them. Yeah. That and that maybe if something happens, they'll say, "Oh no, but my baby was gonna go and do this." Now, your baby's a psychopath. A sociopath. <laughs> they just told you otherwise. That's my take on it when I hear that. So, uh, eh. rehearsing. This always comes up every film. It seems like, because especially when you're dealing with the more experienced actors. James Franco didn't want to kind of rehearse with this guy. He just wanted to come in do his thing. And we all know Franco is eccentric. We don't know what you're gonna get. <laughs> but he comes in and just nails it. Comes in and. Can you imagine, though, like just being a director, like not knowing if this guy can pull off this accent? He's supposed to be this white rapper with the with a southern accent and it has to be convincible. Local and local. <laughs> yeah. He said that they 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 were working on this character for about a year. Mm -hmm. um, he had he had to be <laughs> Franco had to be ready because, I mean, a lot rides on on the introduction of his character for the, you know, pretty much the second half of the, of the, of the film <laughs> is. Is, is based on this guy, you know, and man, hanging with two props, man. Franco just kills it. He did, he did. Hanging with them dope boys, hanging with them. Like, that's why the song he's rapping. Why y'all suspicious? Why y'all suspicious? <laughs> hanging with them dope boys. <laughs> oh, he's man. all. That's a real song. In. That song's a real song. Well, you know the the whole scene where he's like, you know, look at my, yeah, look at my. Look at all the stuff I have. Look at this. Look at this. <laughs> there's a whole like there's a seven seven minutes worth of like outtakes. Wow. It's just, like one continuous clip, and they they keep coming. They they show other stuff, and they come back to him. Look at my, look at my. Yeah, man. Just, there's just a video going. when I was saying about Riff Raff, like kind of doing a whole MTV Cribs. Come look at like look at what I have and stuff. It's very interesting, is all I'm saying. Well, everybody grabs their, there's nothing new under the sun, right? Everybody grabs their influence from Yeah, including somebody. stealing. Ooh. That's not new either. Ooh. So you're right. Ooh. <laughs> Shots fired. Click, click. <laughs> click, click. Nah, but yeah, he pulled it off, though, man. He, he did a good job. Be open to new scenes in dialogue. Now, there's a scene when Alien and Faith, they have a scene, and they're kind of talking about, like, her situation. Now, Harmony, he didn't tell Selena Gomez, you know, that that he had an idea for this uh, new scene because it wasn't written. It was, like, something he was coming up with. But he had been talking to James Franco about it. And so right before she was about to get on the bus uh, he, or back to the hotel, wherever she was going back to, he was like, hey, let's do this quick scene real quick. And she kind of looked at him suspiciously, like, what are you, what are you doing? But she went. She went along with it and pulled one. Got one of the best performances out of her. Right. It was four. They took them uh, four takes, and you know he had whispered some things to to Franco mm -hmm. just about you know like really it's about 
him touching her her face and it really is it's creepy it's awkward it's uncomfortable and she really sells that you know she's tearing up and everything and she was able to just carry that and that i think also carries over from earlier that day because what they shot at in that pool hall you know one of the things i give harmony credit for is that he tries to you know you'll use real people or local people and you said a lot of people around the area were were legit real people living that lifestyle and that when the girls were on set you know some you know, felt uncomfortable maybe initially, but then, you know, kind of got, got into it and were doing their thing. And so, but to me, I think, I don't know. I don't know Selena Gomez, but I, I, I think that she may may have felt maybe uncomfortable. But he wanted them to go with that. And he said mm-hmm. that when they felt uncomfortable, that was perfect. But he wanted them to feel that way. We went with the scene. So mm-hmm. stack that up with that happening during the day and then having to take that and culminate it in now dealing with Alien in this, you know, other area, secluded area with him touching your face all that just mounting up and it coming as a surprise to her i'm like that's yeah that's good so sometimes directors you know we've done up these commentaries we see that sometimes the directors they'll trick their actors and and kind of what you know whatever it takes to to set up the right moment to evoke uh certain emotions out and there's one of those situations and he has confidence in creating these like kind of surreal moments to where it's kind of documentary like like let's just try it shoots and it's a throwaway scene because it wasn't in the script it's Mm -hmm. not now seeing it you can't really imagine that scene not happening but you know was was there another scene after that that kind of led to who who knows them in in that um the the pool hall and then what would happen after that well it's cutting back and forth while Mm -hmm. that scene is happening it's cutting back and forth to her talking with her friend saying that she wants to leave. There you go. It's intercut with that. Yeah. So, I mean, they could have just had a scene of her saying go. she wants to leave or they could have just cut between the pool hall and her mm. saying she wants to leave. But him touching her. And when he says, you know, uh, I really like you. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be thinking about you when I'm with your friends. Yeah, that was they, creeped They out. ain't going to leave. They going to stay. <laughs> I'm like, yo, creep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's uh, quite convincing, and it it totally works. It, it definitely works. I think one of the themes also with with Harmony and and for for the re- directors out there, getting to a point where you can trust your instincts. Yeah, because this guy seems to have really good instincts. Mm-hmm. He trusts himself. You know, when he thinks something might 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 feel right or be right for the scene for the film, he goes for it and add add things, add add scenes, mm-hmm. uh, show up the day of, and be ready to just be flexible uh, and, and, and bring things in, which I think a lot of directors are, especially who, those who have had a long, to some degree of longevity. Yeah. Now, some may be more rigid, but it, it his this works for him. He definitely trusts his instincts. True, true. And again, man, it's going with the the writer-directors. Um, the direct, It seems like the directors that, are, that haven't written the script, they're doing a lot of research or doing a lot of pre-vis. They're, they're doing something to prepare themselves as if they wrote it. Mm-hmm. But it seems like when you've written it and you're directing it, it's like part of you. So you're like, it's in your brain. You kind of see where the story's going. It's like, let's try it. You're storyboarding in your mind as you're writing, mm-hmm. probably. You're seeing you're seeing those shots mm-hmm. as you're writing them out. So also, there were some sex scenes, you know, as James Franco and, and two of the girls in the pool. And they're naked and they got like the underwater camera kind of going under the water, popping up, going under and things like that. And of course, we talk about paparazzi being there trying to shoot. So what uh, Harmony did was he left the sex scene off of the, the shooting schedule. 
Mm-hmm. And Franco and the girls knew when they were going to shoot, but nobody else knew. Um, I think that's like just smart, clever way to kind of trick everybody and kind of like, hey, it's a close set anyway. So, you know, right. just bringing in your cinematographer or your audio guy, close set, and just start rocking it out and doing it like that. And then whoever's on security can kind of check and make sure nobody's kind of coming in. But to, <laughs> it turns out, um, you know, they were kind of nervous. Of course, Franco wasn't nervous. Like, this is this is light work, <laughs> you know. And <laughs> Why y'all spicious? Why y'all spicious? And the, after a while, they just kind of got into it. He's like, they were going at it. He said they went after they went at it for a while. And so speaking to that, it <laughs> seems like with this film, yeah. because even when he talks about when they when they shot groups, like large groups, mm-hmm. And they're they're partying inside the hotel. And, oh yeah! And he said at one point in like in, in, in one of the uh, strip clubs that Franco got sick and threw up from smoking so many blunts. Oh yeah! Smoking yeah. that much weed. So <laughs> I'm like, man, was was everything on set real? I mean, uh, people were clearly drinking. And I think what smoking, harmony I believe what harmony you're getting all that. that that's that that's the vibe that I'm getting. That, harmony like, they were is going, not afraid to hang out in the hood. With the people. Yeah. <laughs> Talk to Gucci Mane. <laughs> he said Gucci Mane's a good friend of his. Yeah, it's like, is he though? But I believe Harmony because he's just that guy. Like, yeah. Harmony's like one of those guys is probably, I don't know, you know, took some drugs <laughs> and like <laughs> and spaced out four years. And like, I need to get back to directing. I, <laughs> who knows? But it, it seems like that he. He's great. He, let that's them, in his. Yeah, let them embrace, embrace it and. and Kind of live it in the moment and have it be as I like, spontaneous. I honestly like that style. I like that style. It could be dangerous. Method. Uh, not not. It's especially since you know shooting documentaries. You know, it's um, bringing the, bringing the real into like and just having it. Is it method? <laughs> I'm like, is that not method? Like, it are is. You, are you? <laughs> you got a point. <laughs> method directing. I'm just having this drink so I can get in get in character. <laughs> just a little bit. Just a little something. Man, and those ATL twins, the two white dudes with the gold grills, those guys are like that for real, right? They did a whole story with these guys. You know what's on? It's on. You, you watched it on the. Oh, maybe the I did. Maybe I did. These it's guys are like parts. mortgage Stu, brokers. Stu Vice. Uh, paralegal. Paralegals. They're both paralegal. Unbelievable. Didn't didn't go past eighth grade. Wow. Like stopped going to school after eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Uh, mom left home when they were kids. Um, Dad died of a, a heart attack or something mm-hmm. like that when they were still young. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a whole, whole like wow. twenty minute two part documentary on on the ATL twins. Those on, guys on were popular for a long time, and I didn't understand why they were popular. And that because I didn't see the movie. I'm like, who are these guys? Like, they look like rappers, but they're not. They got popular before the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, there was some shoot for some magazine. Yeah, had featured them, uh, and then oh. that's how they got offered the got this it. role. Interesting. Spring Breakers. Their dynamic is something else. Like I've I've met twins before. I'm a I'm a twin. I'm a fraternal twin. I got a, a twin sis, but these I've, I've met identical twins who were really tight. Yeah. Like these two, literally, their lifestyle is they share everything. They share women. Yeah. And then they, and that's the full expectation <laughs> is that they will, they their ultimate goal is to marry. The same woman, not like another set of twins. The same woman. It's like they're work. It's like almost like they're trying their best to go back to the womb. They they <laughs> said they said basically they are two sides of the same person, but they they realize they handle different things. Like one handles finances, one drives. Um, 
when they meet a woman, yeah, you know, and they say they, they run across women all the time. We say, oh, they never, you know, sleep with 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 two guys, but they say it happens all the time. And then they say find some who are down, you know, be with them both. But then they know when it comes down to the parents, the other, the other, you know, they'll just say that they're dating just the one. Yeah, you know, they, they 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 are you know dumb. But yeah, that was <laughs> that was something else to to read about uh, to watch. Okay, well. Well, Harmony Corinne, you never fail to amaze me. Never a dull moment. Never at all. Can never you imagine? He has a new movie coming out um, that he's shooting called Beach Bum with Matthew McConaughey. Interesting. So, oh, well, because he, he mentions when he talks about Franco's character that he always, he said he imagined a character that was someone like the people that he grew up with. Mm-hmm. A, a, a white rapper type mixed with a beach bum. Now, the specific quote by him when he said they were thinking of the character of, of Alien. Like, he grew up with people and went to school people yeah, like like him. Uh, so, that when you said Beach Pump, I'm like, huh, that's like a, a thing with uh, with Corin. One of the last scenes, they, you know, beautifully horrific. Um, it's a, to me, when I see it, because when I first saw it, I was like, there's not really much here to really learn from. Mm. But then, like, on on... on Second viewing, um, what you know, watching this, I didn't watch the movie again, you know, with the dialogue and all that. I just went straight in with the commentary because I, you know, I remember because I watched it several times before. Um, but you know, this time around, just kind of seeing like how he was using like the juxtaposition of, you know, you got these two white girls are coming in killing all these black people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're just doing like these close up shots, you know. These black men dead, you know, on the grass, and then kind of cutting away to people having fun. And it's like, while they're all partying and stuff, just literally like miles up the way, you know, you have these dead black people, you know. I think, I don't know if he was purposely trying to say something with that, but if he was, it's kind of brilliant. Consider this also at the mm-hmm. beginning of the film, when those two are in class, mm-hmm. they're talking about um, Jim Crow. Jim Crow. There you have it. And those two are like totally bored. Buy that and like, yeah, whatever. So, eh, you yeah, know. that's purpose. Yeah, he he did that. that yeah, that was on purpose. Talking about Jim Crow, I forgot about that. Yeah, um, that's at the beginning, and then at the end, you see the dead black people, and they still not caring. You know, yeah, you know, it's uh, it's it's an interesting kind of cut. Well, he also mentions he mentions that when when they get when when they get down to where they go in Saint Petersburg, uh, for yeah. spring break. That that there are and it, it, again, including um, Faith's character, that they've got kind of everything that they that they that they want there. Mm-hmm. And specifically, he mentions white rappers. Oh wow! So they've got you know they've got scooters that they're on. They've got yeah. this and the white rappers. Yeah, it's everything they, they could want. Right. And I found that interesting. The that him him saying that specifically. I'm like, I don't know. That was just that was that was fascinating to that was fascinating to me and. So just things to contemplate, and I'll be honest. When when I saw that last scene, yeah, and them killing all these guys, I, I I'd get Max. I'm like, this is so unrealistic. They would have been. I'm shot, like, right? come <laughs> on. If if Alien got it, got hit with a headshot twenty yards out by one guy, and there's two of them, and they're they are not trained with weapons. I'm sorry, they're not gonna make it. Come on. And all these... It was like perfect shots. Like, bam, they're falling in slow motion in the water. Seriously. And they are... They are in bright colored masks. Like, that's saying, please shoot me in the head. Shoot the pink floating thing. You know? 
And these are brothers who, who are all, most of some are wearing black and it's nighttime. And they're black. Yes. And they're black. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> and these guys have used weapons. Yeah, it stays on them. They're multiple hanging on them. Times. They, they are bodyguards. They are trained to stop intruders. Who they're probably looking for people who are armed in in vehicles. These girls are walking up in bikinis, neon, neon, <laughs> neon, and they're white, and they are dominating these brothers. Just, I mean, I'm like, nobody's gonna try to fall back or take <laughs> cover. But hearing the commentary yeah. and hearing Harmony say that the the end scene is not meant to be violence, but it is about the idea. Of violence, it's not meant to be realistic, and I'm like, okay, that makes me feel better because I, when I see it, I'm like, this is so unrealistic. But I'm like, okay, it's about the idea. It's yeah. about this fantasy. I don't know how you say that visually. You know, there could have been a way to express that, but I think most people will kind of pull the same way. Like that's so fake. Yeah, they would have died so fast. Yeah, because, and that's one of the things. Sometimes when you when we juxtapose things that we see in the news, mm-hmm. tragedies like shootings you know uh as opposed to you know movie violence and and, and, um fictitious violence and just how dangerous i mean how when somebody starts shooting how dangerous that is like you don't get off easy and they they hint at that when you know when they come across you know gucci man's character and his female bodyguard uh his female shooter Mm -hmm. and when they're leaving and and she just you know, just sprays the car and that one gets hit in the arm. Yeah. And just how that's enough to just snap her out of this fantasy. You know, it's all like people waking up. You know, it's like yeah. people get this moment where they wake up from the dream and then and then they, It's cool like care. I, I was I was thinking that um like the perfect ending to this movie would have been a, a classic is James Franco character, you know, dies or whatever, but these girls end up losing their life too. Maybe they take out one or two people, but they end up losing their life. And like some people learn, like with the Faith character, it only took her being in the wrong situation she like for her to bounce. Mm-hmm. For the other characters, like I'm gonna push it a little bit further. I get shot, I'm done. Right. You know, these other characters, they're never gonna learn. They're hard headed. They got their own way. The they're only way they gonna, the only way they're gonna escape is through death. Mm-hmm. And that's their escape. You know. Play that over their dead bodies, looking up with the narration of their voices. That's how it should have ended. Yeah, I kind of would agree that they would have that they would have gotten to gotten up to where Gucci Mane was, mm-hmm. and kind of like the like kind of a, you know what they call the Mexican standoff where they they all were there and then like they get him, but somehow he gets them. Yeah, because I'm like, come on, you're gonna tell me you're not gonna have nothing? You're not gonna have even in your hot tub, you're not gonna have some kind of peace close by. Yeah. Something anyway. It's the idea of violence. It's I'm, the I'm, idea of the violence. idea of violence. That's the only thing I had a problem with with that last scene. And you know, okay, it's not supposed to be real, but eh, there was a lot of real kind of realistic things going on in this film. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to. It's like the spring break. That's real. The thing, you know, some of this stuff was real. So real people. Real. There's a lot of realism going on along with the fantasy surrealism. But yeah, and that whole beef. You know, with, with yeah. Gucci Mane's character, they, they guys really had beef. His old childhood friend. And it was about the streets and respect and about money. Yeah. All about money. And, I don't know, so here's a question for you. Where do you think the girls went? Where were they driving to at the end? Away. I have no idea. Driving around in an orange Ferrari, Lamborghini. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, 
that whole last scene just seemed unbelievable to me. Well, in the commentary, I do like it was a beautiful shot though because you got the orange, you got the blue background, you got a hair oh, yeah. blowing in the wind. It's a beautiful shot. Again, so many shots in the in this film are beautiful, but Corin says, "Oh, you know that they're, that that they're done. Like their spring break is over now, and that they're." I don't know. He may have said they're heading back to school, maybe or something like that. I, I actually see them going back to school and, c- and coming with the party. I I, I really do. That. Now the Lamborghini. They hate. They hate school. They hate. But school. they just lost. They just lost the love of their life. Alien. They just discovered their true selves. Uh-huh. Though. I don't like, know where they're going. They discover they're going their to hell selves. is where they're going. brimstone. <laughs> <laughs> no, they discover their their true selves because yeah. you know even once. You know, again, once Alien dies, they didn't say, "Oh my goodness, what is going on? We gotta get out of here." They said, "All right, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta finish this." Now, could that have been for revenge? Yeah, maybe, but to me, they're they're not quite right. They just wanted to murder. They're off. This yeah. was their this was their video game moment. They they went straight GTA. Yeah. And so, I don't think they ever turned back because they they were already criminals before, right? Yeah. They just needed that extra push to go over the edge. They needed they needed that separation from their conscience. And whatever whatever anchored them to any kind of reality, when those two left, they went straight in. And even the death of Franco, that of Alien, that didn't stop them. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think I don't know. Even though they show the mass in the water, I don't think they were done. I think they. I don't know. Part of me thinks that they would have maybe. They could stayed be. A, they and, could. I don't see them staying because they were definitely getting jacked. Well, they uh, killed the head guy doesn't matter and yeah. there's all his bodyguards and they had masks on <laughs> so everybody. i'm like so who would who would know they had masks on and 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 alien is dead also i mean aside from some there's some bystanders some of the other girls there left to tell the tales but who would believe that all these guys got murdered by these two girls in, in bikinis and pink ski masks who would even want to like confess to that i don't know there could be you could spin this movie off though like you can go fast forward 10 years later and mm. see what they ended up doing and kind of start from there what would these, you call the sequel? Uh, Memorial Day. No. Uh, what would you call it? Christmas Breakers? I don't know. Something happens what, in the holiday, holiday name? film? What were their, uh, what were their names? What were, Candy and Brit. That might be the title. Halloweeners? Nah. <laughs> Fourth of Julyers? Uh, Fourth of Julyers? I, I, I have no idea what you would call the sequel to Spring Candy Breakers. Candy and Brit. That's the name of the sequel. Candy and Brit. Yeah, I mean they I mean you almost could have something where they go on a spree, you know, like a um Mick and Mallory from uh Natural Born Killers. I don't know, Brit and Candy, Mallory, whatever their name is. How do you go back to school and sit in class and listen to whatever cuz they they want that money and that power and that I don't think it's something you just get out of your system, you know. It's it, it, <laughs> I don't know. I think it'll be an interesting um, movie. Just like whatever they want, they get it. But they're going to use like they're going to be gangster about how they get thug their way through college, thug their way through corporate America. Like I can or whatever industry they decide to get into. But Mm. using like a thug mentality to get their way, I can see that happening or with that that kind of power. They're just bullies, huh? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. He talks about. Uh, again, even with Alien's character, with uh, gangsta as a religion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially when he was referring to Alien, how he is just, he is charisma, menace, and strangeness. Gangsta. Gangsta. 
Hanging with them dope boys. <laughs> Shanti called me. <laughs> and I just started singing it. She called me on the uh, corporate phone at her job. And I just started singing it. Which, like, she started dying laughing. <laughs> Hanging with them dope boys. <laughs> spring break. <laughs> oh, man. Any closing thoughts on Spring Breakers? I would recommend this film um, for studying visually. Uh, for finding new ways to edit to tell a story and um, and for the commentary as well the good commentary and then it seemed like the special features were pretty on point I gotta admit when I I, I didn't know that there'd be much but uh, yeah the documentary the three part documentary it's about 27 minutes long um, in total worth checking out and the ancillary uh, pieces like that that the one on the ATL brothers and then mm-hmm. there is one on what they call Dirt Tona and it's basically a, a small piece on Daytona, um, Daytona Beach, mm-hmm. and kind of the history of, of uh, spring break there and what it does for the economy. And and, um, uh, and there's another uh, Daytona Beach Park. Yeah, and there's another on uh, another city that sees a lot of spring breaks. And there's a uh, conflict with one of the is a kind of a, a very spiritual religious guy who is just against what the kids are doing during spring break. And they juxtapose that with the mayor talking and other local businesses and how they feel about uh, spring break. And, but also the music in this, uh, I think we'd be remiss to not mention the, mm. the, the music, uh, you know, it's a combination of uh, Skrillex and Cliff Martinez because the music is continual throughout. Yeah. And it really doesn't, uh, it really doesn't stop and it helps just carry everything, everything forward. For sure. Um, overall, and from a business standpoint, there's some business stuff. So uh, when you're developing films, the, the copyright is by Spring Breakers LLC. The production company was called Mad, is it Mad Dog, Mad, something, some, pro, okay. uh, Muse Productions. Muse Productions. So they were raising $700,000 to kind of begin the financing for this film. And um, you can kind of Google this, that that, uh, that investor sued them for like, two million bucks or 1.5 or something like that because that investor felt like they weren't looking out for the best interest of the investors you know they took like these side deals or deals that were kind of the investor wanted them to sell to weinstein because they had a better deal with weinstein Mm. you know which basically guaranteed the investor like two million dollars and something else but instead you know they went a24 and kind of took deals and you know as, as you know with movie with Hollywood accounting systems, they can kind of just spend money on whatever they want to. Well, we were <laughs> sending people out to different locations and kind of just burning through the budget. And, you know, other films support other films, so you can write off anything. Well, when you look at the opening credits to this film, there are a lot of production companies mm-hmm. in association with, and associate. I mean, there are several production companies yeah. that pop up. Annapurna, um, mm-hmm. I believe, pops up after A24, or maybe even before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and several several other production companies. So I don't know. I found that I found that interesting and like a lot of affiliation yeah. uh, going on with this film. I don't know if there was just the challenge to to get it completed or funded uh, yeah. because of the nature of the content, or maybe the director's reputation. I don't know. But uh, I found that fascinating just to see that many production mm-hmm. companies. So I'm always interested in how things turn out and you see this all the time people suing people because of films and the accounting of films and 
how it develops over time. And then especially when something becomes a hit, because, you know, nobody's suing nobody if no money's being made. Mm. But uh, it's when things blow up, you know, because mm. you don't know. Like, this could have been a dud. But when something is successful, you see that quite often, you know, where people are like, you should have took that deal. You should have took that deal. You should have took that. But anyhow, but it's worth looking at just kind of seeing how deals are made and the actual uh, court report and is, is online. So you can look through the court report and kind of so you can get some better insight on how deals are made. Um, some things are developed at the studio and other things are just developed through production companies. Then they're waiting for a distributor or a studio to pick it up. Right. This is one of those. And you got to be real conservative when you're doing things. And it makes sense why, you know, the budget's low on this film. So overall film, I give it a six and a half out of ten. Six and a half out of ten. Give it a six and a half out of ten. But for for learning the craft of filmmaking, definitely worth checking out. I agree. Spring Breakers. Um, next week, I just purchased a film. Uh, did you ever see The Lost Boys when you were growing up? Yeah. Did you like that film? Yeah, I was into monster movies and, and vampires. That's got Corey Hayne and Corey Feldman. The Corys, yeah. Yeah, it's got both Corys in it, and their brother gets bit. And yeah, I, I I Kiefer, Sullivan, Kiefer Sullivan mm-hmm. is in it. He's one of the main vampires. Um, I picked that up um, while grocery shopping. The commentary? Mm-hmm. Of course. Of course. Of course. It does. So I picked The Lost Boys up, kind of go with the vampire uh, yeah, yeah, research. Know, research. Um, and then I t- picked up Two Guns with Denzel Washington and Mark Wahlberg. Oh, I never got a chance to see that. Me neither. And then there's another one called Contraband with Mark Wahlberg. Okay, and the reason I picked that one up is because the same director did both of those movies. Hmm. So. I wonder, you remember the guy's name? Peter. Oh, him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember his name, but it it was not American. But it intrigued me because, you know, him kind of sticking with that genre of, like, action or action thriller. I'm wondering how many times Wahlberg has worked with Robert Balthazar Komakur. Komakur. Balthazar Komakur. That's what I said. Yes. (laughs) Contraband, contraband, contraband. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um... Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't mind doing the Lost Boys. Yeah, that's been a, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a, a good while since I've watched the whole film. Mm-hmm. I probably since I was junior high, maybe high school, with the, mm-hmm. had the, would be the most recent. Wow. So yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to, to revisit that. All right. So thank y'all for tuning in uh, to this episode of Filmmaker Commentary. Again, check us out on iTunes. Leave us a review because those are helpful. You can see us on Facebook.com forward slash Filmmaker Commentary. Uh, leave a comment. And if there's a, um, a film you would like us to check out, if make sure it has commentary. And we will look at it and review the film and, and pull out whatever gems are in that film and deliver them back to you. Um, we definitely appreciate that. Next week, we are going to look at Lost Boys, a vampire film. Appreciate it. Y'all take care. Peace. Peace. Hanging with the dope boys. Hanging with the dope boys. Hanging with the dope boys. Hanging, hanging with the dope boys.